With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To a last show of the year. And uh, being a last show of the year, we are really excited to look at the year 2020 in retrospect, uh, as well as most of our shows that we hosted during this year. We're able to host about 30, 30 different sessions of a show which is an hour 30 minutes every time and uh we are really excited to tell you guys that uh we're very privileged to see this year gradually roll off a calendar because uh, for some people they probably thought uh wish this year did not even come but apparently 2020 came and uh, it will remain one of the most remembered or memorable years of our lifetime <laughs> Uh, we have set up the show to look at some very, very important features that happened this year, which uh, included the, the pandemic that happened that actually uh, threatened the mere existence of humanity. Uh, we'll take this year to look at uh, what came after the pandemic, which was uh, a typical situation, a racial situation in America, which was as a result of the death of, of George Floyd. Uh, that was killed by a Minnesota police officer. And uh, that triggered up a whole different dynamics across the globe, like never seen or expected. I wouldn't believe that a single act that happened in America could catch up across the globe in such a way that the whole world had a strong impact that came out of that. Uh, the pandemic is something we'll look at critically and we'll look at the Black Lives Matters. And then we cannot look at this year without the American election. Donald Trump, how we ended up being just a one-term president, uh, deliberately orchestrated by himself because he could have done a whole lot differently to give himself another term. But God knows much better why America couldn't afford Donald Trump for another four years. So we're going to look at that in retrospect, and we cannot equally ignore the fact that uh, that uh, Biden and Harry ticket came in as a storm, breaking, defining a whole new different boundaries in American election, where we saw over 81 million people vote against a president. I don't know how he was going to win because with, with those numbers, there's no way he could actually survive it, you know? Yeah. So uh, this had really, really impacted the world in a way that uh, probably nobody anticipated. We, we now go have to really look at another major event that happened across the Atlantic in my home country, Nigeria, where for the first time, the kind of civil unrest that happened that was never anticipated to ever happen. So we're going to look at all this in context of the year 2020. We're going to feed off your response and comments on Facebook Live or on our private chat room to be able to understand how this situation impacted you from your own neck of the wood. 
But I bet you, the world has changed. The pandemic has changed the world forever. How we live, how we work, how we learn, how we survive, how we invest money, will never take any other dimension that we ever anticipated. It's gonna be a whole different dynamics to keep it happening. So are you just gonna stay hooked on us for the next hour, 30 minutes? It's not gonna be the regular, the same show because we're now reviewing most of the shows we had. And I, I bet you, uh, by the time we finish this session, it is gonna be uh, a, a moment to thank God for those of us that are still here and uh, those of us that have not been lucky to survive it. Uh, we, 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 we console with the families and, and, uh, and hopefully uh, God will appreciate the fact that uh, most of us are, can, all, all, can, can all make it through. I want to welcome my regular host, uh, a gentleman that I love to talk to. Uh, I think at all times having him on the show is always very exciting. I welcome uh, a, a nuclear physicist, a professor and a West Point graduate. Uh, who has equally taught at West Point. My brother, Zika Okosi, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, uh, King Koko. Nice to have you back. Uh, and I uh, will equally be very glad to see you in 2021. I look forward to seeing all of you guys, man. You made my 2020 a very exciting year. Uh, thank you for being part of our last show. And I thank everybody who is logging on with us on Facebook Live. I can see a bunch of people I know and some that I don't know. I thank you guys for joining. And I look forward to, to having a very interactive session and appreciating life for what it is because not everybody's lucky or privileged to still be here with us today. Uh, Chief Okosi, uh, I'm just giving you a rundown on, on what, on what this, this is really looking like. It is not really looking really nice because you want to look at the year 2020. For some people, it is a year that they don't want to remember like it, it happened. For some people, it's a year they made some of the best decisions of their lives. Uh, and for some people, it's a year that what they invested a couple of years back yielded 2004, like in the tech industry. So uh, what, 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 what do you see? You give me a brief rundown on what are the most memorable issues you think happened that you can really register this year, uh, Prof? Uh, thank you once again, uh, King Coco, for the platform uh, that you always uh, bring to bear uh, so that we are able to either stand up and look uh, into the future or stand and look back. And here is uh, one of those examples of opportunity to look back and see what 2020 uh, brought us back. And as you were speaking, I took some notes. I just want to regurgitate um, in no better way than uh, you had put uh, the George Floyd issue, which we all saw with all, um, uh, I can breathe. Uh, and I also want to take folks back to the recent memory of the Trump's uh, attempted re-election, which fell woefully. Uh, not to mention the Biden-Harris ticket, which you mentioned earlier, uh, the NSAS process in our home country. Uh, again, you had mentioned that almost everything we had known has changed. How we work, how we eat, in fact, how we learn. Um, I also want to use this opportunity to give a shout out to uh, the frontline responders, uh, the law enforcement, 
most of our healthcare providers in hospitals across the country here, uh, and to acknowledge the more than 300,000 fellow Americans that have lost their lives due to COVID-19. Uh, uh, if those issues are not mentioned in a forum like this, I wonder which forum we would mention. And we are not out of the woods yet, as you know. Um, I want to mention the, the arrival of the vaccine, uh, the controversy that surrounds it, uh, the suspicion that surrounds it, uh, and the way forward. So a whole spectrum of 2020 issues uh, that uh, we can talk about and point. I'm just recounting exactly what you had mentioned and some. Uh, I don't want to forget the PPP, uh, the impact of small business uh, concern uh, due to the lockdown, uh, the lockdown protest, which is not an American phenomenon. I mean, it has happened worldwide. Uh, small businesses, owners are going around uh, hoping that we could see a better day and still ongoing. Uh, I want to chip in so that others will respond to the uncertainty surrounding the bill that is being held hostage as we speak. Uh, so uh, a whole okay. spectrum of uh, stuff. And I leave uh, the microphone once again back to you to be able to lead this discussion. And I'm pretty sure that there are a whole spectrum of subscribers to this uh, program who are very much eager to chip in. Thank you. Awesome, Prof. Uh, you have just uh, uh, reiterated a couple of areas that we, we really go really go drill down much more because, as it is, it's very important that uh, we drill down on certain subjects of interest so we, people could actually understand the implication of some of these things in our lives. You know, uh, we go really pick up the pandemic. Pandemic is the biggest thing that ever happened to the world. You know, when it started, sometime December last year. Uh, we all woke up to the realization that uh, there was some virus, COVID-19 virus that was uh, really creeping out of Wuhan, China. And uh, people initially thought it was this, uh, this a it was a Chinese hoax or it was a Chinese issue. But uh, knowing that the world had become a global village with China being a major supply, supply hub for the entire globe, we can see the impact that it had once China shut down uh, the entire uh, supply chain was threatened globally and automatically countries started panicking because everybody had sunk their hope on China as a manufacturing hub. And so when this happened, immediately it happened and China was threatened with the shutdown from Wuhan, chasing Beijing and all these areas, the whole world was in a panic mode automatically that actually led to, uh, led to a whole lot of issues that popped up uh, out of that. And we can re remember that before the lockdown was enforced, it was a selective issue of certain countries just deciding to lock down certain areas of the operation. But uh, by the time the full impact of, don't forget actually, we did not really have a detailed understanding of what this kind of pandemic was going to happen. The last time I had a pandemic was over 100 years ago. And so this particular one, or some people were still speculating how what dimension it was going to take. But before anybody could realize what happened, half of the world was grinding to a halt, to a shutdown. And I want to say this glaringly because I experienced the pandemic in three different continents. I, I was in Africa when it all started. And uh, then we all said, 
uh, this particular pandemic is not it doesn't hurt no black guy uh, there was no black man that died the only one that was uh, infected in china uh, was uh, all of a sudden sent home it was free of covid so in in the continent of africa the, the the pandemic took a whole different dimension a whole different mentality was was attached to it it is no black man's problem we we don't have any problem to bother about it but it was it was far from the truth uh, we all remember how microsoft and a bunch of uh, the the typical uh, uh, parenthood uh, organization projected millions to die out of out of africa which we still saw that it wasn't as as projected and we can equally relate this to impact on the global economies today we most part of this world is in a global recession like never before because uh, uh, multiple sectors of economies were shut down because of the fact that the entire world had to go on a lockdown for some part of the world it was a lockdown because they were able to to still operate using the virtual or uh, 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 technology string infrastructure deployed but for a greater part of africa it was what i referred to as a shutdown which equally exposed the fact that the continent had not in any way updated their infrastructure to be able to operate without physically being in the offices so that was a whole different dimension so the impact of this uh, pandemic on different continents go take different dimensions because like i like we all agree america was still running as if uh, the life was still going just the fact that everything had to change how you order food change how you buy your medication change you no longer had the opportunity of sitting down in a restaurant which is a typical american habit so the, the the pandemic had redefined a whole lot of stuff about humanity nobody's going to make a means of this because this is actually true and today like you really mentioned we had a vaccine that we're all struggling to just wish that this vaccine comes out even if we had a vaccine out there and the only hope to sustain and shut down this uh, before we had got to a head immunity situation it was uh, the hope that a vaccine will come out but apparently the vaccine is not almost ready but it's now being surrounded by a whole different controversy all kind of speculations arrive are coming up of it being a tool to to inject people with digital dna that will define people by all kinds of standards and all kinds of limitations so that becomes a whole other threat to the survival of humanity we all acknowledge the fact that this same pandemic had wiped out a generation of humanity that would have still been here with us and some of us are still lucky that we are not there I even though i even have a story to go with this because just few last week i was diagnosed of covid in a local hospital in my home state and by checking it again with the international testing lab here in america it was a wrong diagnosis so who knows how many people have been driven to to this covid center where they actually got infected even when they had no infection of COVID-19, because you learned that a lot of people that died at the COVID centers got their infection complicated because of where they ended up hanging out to be treated, where there were no really treatment in some of this continent or some of these countries. So we're going to go on and on again. Uh, I want to bring you in again, uh, Prof, because I've highlighted a lot of impact across different sectors of our lives. And, and and so, well, what 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 is it that I've left behind or left out of that discussion so far? 
um, you you've you've uh, you've you've brought the introduction of the program um, apparently uh, to the point, and um, you know we are here to look back and see what was, and hopefully that will inform us on what should as we prepare to get into 2021 in just a few days. Um, I, I just want to tell you that um, all the things you've mentioned, we need to treat it. Uh, we need to treat them as things that have come to stay. They ain't going nowhere. The pandemic is still here. The yeah. vaccine, uh, just 1.9 million has been uh, put into American arms thus far. Uh, it would take a million a day vaccination, 1 million vaccination a day to cover 350 million people here in continental US. So, um, uh, it, it's it's a, a big a big um, uh, well, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me come in there. Let me come in there with the controversy surrounding these vaccines. Uh, what is your perspective about the fact that people are trying to give it a whole different coloration, and why does it really drive the energy so far? Because people are now being skeptical of taking the only available solution that we we're all anticipating. What what's really going on? on that uh human beings are never wrong from history i mean um there is a very big saying in our own uh, culture that says that where there is smoke there is probably fire <laughs> as you know so really? uh the smoke of yeah the, the smoke of skepticism that uh you know that is acknowledged everywhere about the hesitation to subscribe to uh the vaccination is very real given the history uh, the Tuskegee uh, experiment with syphilis uh, is a known example here in continental US where black men were injected with uh, uh, the syphilis uh, in order to, yeah, with syphilis, active syphilis, and they suffered through uh, the pain of uh, the sickness, uh, passed those to their wives and spouses and girlfriends. And then when uh, the research information uh, were obtained from that study, those men were never treated. Uh, I think the last uh, recipient of that uh, 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 stimulus injection in Georgia or in Alabama died about a couple of years ago. So this, uh, uh, this has brought a lot of uh, suspicion to how research is conducted in this country and those who are the recipient. This wasn't studied in mice. It wasn't studied in pigs. In fact, it was studied uh, uh, on black able black American men. Yeah, and so that's why, uh, yes, it's a legitimate smoke. The question is whether indeed there is fire here or not. And I would tell you uh, from the very beginning of uh, this uh, uh, catastrophic, we were keeping an eye on the signs that surrounds the um uh, the emergence of the vaccine it is an rna vaccine i mean MN, uh messenger rna so messenger rna vaccine which means it's a vaccine that is constructed from just a single dna a single dna uh, which is the messenger rna uh and uh, uh from all evaluations not myself alone but many other scientists that i have known uh, and other experts that have spoken about uh, the discovery of the uh, of the vaccine itself 
I, I, I'm good with the science. Uh, I, I'm on board with the science. Uh, I, I would take the vaccine if it's offered to me. Um, uh, as you know, that I took a, a new job from the medical center here in New York uh, as the health physicist for medical center here uh, in January. And I am uh, in the front line to receive this vaccine. I have uh, voted yes uh, to receive the vaccine myself. I encourage uh, someone like yourself uh, who is affiliated with a medical facility one way or the other, either a son or a daughter or a wife, uh, to also take a hard look at uh, the science of the vaccine and come to a decision whether to or not take the vaccine. But I do approve the science of the vaccine. I do believe that uh, it poses a very little risk to what we know. And I do believe that this is not uh, a civilist experiment. It is a true science. Well, uh, so, so everybody, we all agree to the fact that uh, we need to just go ahead and take this vaccine and see how it can help control the spread of this pandemic because uh, I think it's uh, about the way out. That's a, a, a very contemporary scientist that's speaking on the fact that uh, the vaccine is safe to be taken. So let us not let our own sentimental thinking. We know we just came out of the civilian experience. Uh, we, we need to take this so we can figure out how to move alive and, and, and get back to a normal which is a whole new different novel. So that having been said, uh, we're just going to look at another aspect of our life. Once again, you're listening to One on One King Coco Show, running on T25CL.com, Galaxy Talk Radio. I appreciate everyone who's hanging here with us live on radio, as well as on Facebook Live. We're going to thank everybody. Your comments are appreciated, and we'll read as we go. So uh, another major factor that, that happened uh, during 2020 which is what our evaluation is the Black Lives Matter racial situation that happened in America. We all understand and remember a perfect sequence of three models of uh, Ahmed Aubrey, uh, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd all propel the American society to a whole different dimension in terms of racial protest. Uh, we saw a whole police prison raised down to the dust. We saw people took laws into their hands and totally refused to 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 consent condescend to any regular law or order we saw the, the existence of police in america threatened by our own society because we were no longer secure or safe with the way police were handling issues especially as it affected black folks we saw america become a global center of of protest like never before even before the Martin Luther King era never saw a protest like what we saw but the most interesting thing about this particular protest was the fact that it was no longer purely a black affair because we live in a generation Z and generation uh, X of a new generation of young people whose boundaries are not defined by physical boundaries but by virtual boundaries so they see what we of the other generation no longer see the way we used to see them. So this was a situation where we saw white, brown, pink, all kinds of races hit the street in support of Black Lives Matter protests. And uh, to be honest with you, it further nailed the put the nail on the coffin of American economy and threatened almost extinction of a of a, a global prominent country like America because 
what happened in America instantly went global. And we can see, we saw protests from every corner of the world in support of, of Black Lives Matter. And during that, I remember I wanted to show we had. I reiterated the fact that the way that America treated Black folks has defined how Black people are treated all over the world. And this took me equally back to Africa that is supposed to play a major role in defining how Black people are seen or providing alternative abode for Black folks. But because of our unique leadership problem in the African continent, we all agreed and admitted saw the fact that it wasn't easy to define Black folks based on any other standard but what global standard wanted to be seen and be treated as the way all other races were being treated. So this actually impacted the world in a way that has never been impacted before. And I still insist the black folks in America must be treated properly for the entire world to start treating black folks with dignity. We just deserve what every other race deserves and nothing more. I don't think we're asking for anything too much. So when that riot, when that protest started and the dimension it took, I knew it was going to change the world in a whole different dynamics. And I can tell you, if nothing else, they are taken down a whole government of Donald Trump that felt invincible. If nothing else was achieved, because he himself played to the hands of that situation. So I want to welcome another contributor that just showed up. Uh, my brother, welcome to the show. How are you doing, sir, today? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you very much. You may want to introduce yourself and let us know where you're joining us from, sir. Okay, my name is Gregory Bailey. I'm joining you from Topeka, Kansas. Um, awesome. Welcome, sir. Uh, we appreciate you joining us today. Uh, we're looking at uh, the year 2020 in retrospect, and we highlighted certain events that happened within the year that has made this year like no other year. And we looked at the Black Lives Matter, the sequence of events that culminated into what became the, the biggest protest of all time in the American history that took a global dimension. And we all agreed to the fact that how that event hand, was handled by the current government of the United States of America has a global impact on what we have today as the American government because we saw the Biden ticket right on that because the current government felt invincible and decided to ignore the cries and the worries of a major demographics of the same society that it governed, and they had to pay for it. So uh, what other thing do you really remember that came out strongly on the Black Lives Matter protest from your perspective? King Coco, did you direct that question to me? Yes, I will direct it to you, sir. Okay. Um, in my opinion, the, the opportunity to uh, reset was probably the, the greatest realization that I had from uh, 2020. Uh, and I believe that as an entire country, as a nation, we had to reset and um, retool, refocus, whatever you choose, you know, one might choose to use. Uh, but for rudimentary learning and all of our efforts, uh, we were able to uh, become a federal entity and uh, 
reset our whole set of objectives and plans in a positive direction uh, through collaboration with people like yourself uh, via Mr. Okosi. And um, we're very pleased with where we are. Uh, with regards to Black Lives Matters and uh, all of the negative energy that was affiliated with that, uh, the police killings in Milwaukee, the blatant um, negativity that, that we all was able to observe, um, at my age, I've, I've seen a lot of that. Uh, I'm, I'm a professional firefighter by trade, so I've seen some pretty bad things through the years. Uh, and I'm of the mindset of what are we doing going forward? You know, we have to be cognizant of our history, but what are we doing going forward? And that's the advantage of the reset, in my opinion. Well, I want to broaden out what reset. I think the world had needed the reset, uh, but it was just a golden opportunity jumping on the Black Lives Matter situation and the pandemic situation to reset the world. And I used that discussion in a major presentation I did because I felt the opportunity that the pandemic brought to the world was the opportunity where it brought every area, every race, every country back to almost the same starting block, which I want to believe that's where we're coming from. So that reset could have been something very, very positive for a lot of countries that were never given the chance to compete, to be able to step up and compete. Because that reset brought a whole new approach to how we live. It brought a whole new approach to how we sell, brought a new approach to how we buy which now opens up a whole new opportunity for everywhere to go on board at the same time. But what people do with that is left for them. So, Ms. Okosi, in line with what the world has been, is now on a whole new dynamics. We are all on a new starting block. What do you see as the opportunities that came out of the pandemic in line with the Black Lives Matter protests and where we are today? Uh, uh, thank you very much, Kinkoko, once again, uh, for the opportunity given. I want to acknowledge uh, Chief Bailey from Topeka, Kansas, that has joined the program. Um, and uh, again, Chief Bailey is the uh, principal in rudimentary learning, uh, a platform he has incorporated and uh, has registered as a federal contractor uh, in his status and that of his wife, the Finicky Corporation. Uh, to move forward, the pandemic has indeed brought up a great opportunity for individuals who were able to restructure their imagination and uh, have a yearning to continue to deliver service uh, and products to the larger community. Here in continental United States, you can see Walmart doing delivery of all goods a la carte. You can see Amazon uh, doing delivery. In fact, uh, it is understood that even the postal service is unable to uh, cover all of the orders, unable to deliver. So delivery and logistics is number one area that uh, uh, is quite rich for one to be able to explore. Uh, we can see online uh, learning uh, delivery. Uh, all schools or most schools are now developing hybrid uh, if not 100% online uh, 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 instructional delivery. We have seen the skyrocketing demand on PPP, uh, the facial mask. Kengoka, uh, I told you, I just bought about 40 of these with the American logo, and we are looking for this. The, the, when I first spoke with you a couple of months ago, we were pricing this at about $3.75 per each. The price of this right. guy has now gone down to $1 a piece. 
So right. we hope that it cool. will go down to 50 cents and that market can become very fat, uh, 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 profitable. So that being said, the opportunity is one thing. From what I have seen in signs, the opportunity is one thing, but there is a concept called emergency preparedness. Emergency preparedness documentation is a structure that you have to have in place before the emergency. Otherwise, when right. the emergency shows up, you don't have a pamphlet to go by. So if you did not have emergency preparedness plan of how you would restructure and regroup in case you are shocked like we have, then you are unable to pick up that plan and move forward. It may take you one year, it may take your business one year to be able to retool and readapt. So um, it wasn't the culture of small businesses to have emergency preparedness plan. It wasn't even a culture in most institutions to have emergency preparedness plan. But I think now our eyes are wide open for us to think of the doomsday scenario. What do I do if all of a sudden the train doesn't run, the airplane doesn't fly, and there is no supermarket that opens? Will my business be able to deliver service and products within a week or so? And so that's the kind of crisis we are facing now. And I tell you, I do not have a prescription for this illness. I can tell you that. Whoa, listen, you just reminded me of that. That's what we call the adaptability, your ability to adapt your operations in line with the changing demands and changing situations of, of doing business, which brings us to a whole new framework of project implementation called the Agile Frameworks, because you must be able to make your company to be agile in mindset and the agility level must be such that you can retool and repurpose a lot of dynamics around your business to be able to stay competitive and survive. So that is another key area that we need to highlight for our followers and listeners to understand the fact that the world has changed, but what do you do in a changing world that is not even finished changing? The world is still evolving. So automatically you must be able to set up an operational structure that is agile in, in all dynamics. It must be agile in your ability to adapt must be agile your ability to make decisions, must be agile in the ability to, to deliver whatever you do, service, uh, product, or whatever. So that totally is understood, and I hope that those of us that are in these small business areas must be able to put this contingency plan in place. Otherwise, you're just going to have to be wiped out. So you're still listening to one-on-one -on -one with King Coco. We're just going to have to take you back to a whole different dynamics that is another area of our focus for in 2020 in retrospect, which is Trump as a one-term president. And we all know that uh, even though uh, the Donald Trump, the current president of America, is still busy running circles around himself, uh, he is done and dusted in terms of just being a one-term president. And uh, the most interesting part of this story, of his story, is that he is the major architect of whatever befell him in the course of this election. Because for every situation that got complicated and probably drove people away from him, he had a perfect opportunity to run it the opposite way. He had a perfect chance to do it differently. But being who he is with the belief of his mentality and how he feels uh, that uh, he, he had uh, the people behind him, 
which apparently he had people behind him, but wasn't enough to be one to be the 81 million people that voted against him. We all aware that the same man having mismanaged the COVID-19 situation, totally politicizing it, is the same guy that told his supporters not to go into mailing balloting. That uh, it is it is, it is a fraud. That it is not a, it's not it's not going to make sense. So automatically he kept the people from actually going to mail in balloting, hoping that you go out there one day and vote, which is how he ended up declaring himself the winner of the election uh, 24 hours after the initial vote balloting. And we can see how uh, 2 million, 3 million, 5 million uh, lead were gradually chopped down by mailed in ballots, which were purely orchestrated by him. So in a situation like this, uh, Mr. Bailey, what do you think? that this president did badly to take himself out as just a one-time president. In Coco, um, as it comes to our current president of the United States, uh, my, my background has been paramilitary. So I have to respect the position, although I don't respect the person who's in it. Uh, Thank you very much. That is a yeah. personal opinion that I very rarely share. Uh, I'm sharing it in this platform, obviously. But I think that our current president has, has uh, there's an old adage, the same thing that makes you laugh makes you cry. And I think he is, he has uh, unfortunately fell victim to that. Because uh, as you see by the, the number of people that uh, apparently voted for him, uh, he was in a position to do uh, phenomenal things uh, that this country had never seen. And as you already articulated, he chose to uh, put self first. And so um, we can all learn from that without having to go through that experience individually. Uh, very seldom when we put self first, uh, will we flourish, uh, will we finish first. And um, I believe that's I, I believe all of your listeners can understand that, sir. I see. Uh, I love. I uh, see. What? 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 Like, I respect your opinion as as a service person, uh, but apparently we are not. So we still are entitled to our own idea about how leadership should be. Uh, sometimes we say it the way we say it because we don't want the history repeats itself. But we don't want one people who learn to learn from other people's mistakes, like Riley said. Uh, what this country has turned to within the last four years is really scary for me and you, because we saw uh, America almost, almost, uh, almost uh, evolve into a street fight, gunfight, racial gunfight. We saw a situation where policemen were being attacked because uh, people couldn't understand why a system that's supposed to protect was more in line with rather killing or why would uh, the police situation not be should to leave but should to kill a lot of times so we we saw all this thing happening and the man at the hands of affairs who is supposed to be representing all across board show empathy when necessary refuse to even see the fact that certain people were crying and totally down the concert that I went with, which is what he paid for, because there's no way 
you can be driving people away from you and still expect them to give you their support when you needed it most. There is no way you don't have any iota of empathy towards people that are even down and out. Because it, 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 it's different if people you are talking about are those that are strong and, and people that make decisions. These are people that are really down for, for the count. But it doesn't really make any difference to you just to show some empathy. So it wasn't right that America could afford for another four years of such a mentality, of such a mindset. I don't know what this country would have been, but I thank God that we are where we are because yes, the right. Almighty understands the fact that the majority is the will of God. And God will never abandon a majority in a lot of situations like it happened in America. So we, 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 we are totally okay with, with the result of election. We see a situation where the incumbent is still struggling. Uh, Mr. Kosi, where do you think the incumbent is going with this struggle right now? Well, that, that's, a, that's a great question. That's a great question to ask because uh, the, the Biden-Harris administration uh, has suffered tremendously uh, from the antics of the current administration, uh, denial of resources, denial of the legitimacy of the election results. Uh, I think the one good thing that uh, is there is that Biden himself, uh, he has had a lot of experience over the years uh, from uh, uh, his time in legislature to uh, his time in the presidency. And of course, now trying to be at the helm of government. Uh, I think the current appointments uh, look quite balanced. Uh, we, we, we have to play, wait, and see. I think uh, the voices of the Black Lives Matter movement has been loud and clear. It's not going to be business as usual. Uh, again, if all those black boys and girls who were on the street had the opportunity to be in the corridors of academic institutions. I don't think we would have had a riot. I think they would have been there clicking yes or no on their computer screen. That's what happens when you leave folks behind. And you know, I know that in this country, we had that policy, leave no child behind, which was abandoned a couple of years ago. So the leave no child right. behind uh, erase is what led to no, you ain't going to be leaving me behind. You know, it brought up this Black Lives Matter uh, movement, and it is a voice to be reckoned with. Uh, so I think that the Harris Biden or Biden Harris ticket has a chance to right a lot of wrongs. Uh, I know that there would be a lot of challenges because it is going to take off with the cloud of the pandemic, uh, trying to drag the country out of this. Uh, uh, a deep sea is going to be a challenge. So I think by mid-October next year, maybe we would be able to see some direction of economic uh, movements uh, to be able to forecast whether uh, America is going to be uh, up and running. Uh, this far, we are in this great day of uh, pandemic. I tell you, without help, there is no will. Right. Uh, thank you, Professor. You guys are still listening to one on one with King Roderick King Coco Show that runs on T25CL.com, Galaxy Talk Radio. 
I appreciate everyone that's tuned in today directly on our radio platform and or joining us live on Facebook. Uh, uh, you just you just took us to a particular discussion the Biden Harry Biden Harry ticket. Uh, uh, I think uh, Biden had a master stroke to be able to narrow down his choice of a vice presidential candidate to to Harry, because uh, with that choice, uh, he was able to really energize their base properly. He was able to to raise a lot of money that really supported uh, the campaign structure. And I think she equally has a lot of energy coming from her background of the HBCU colleges that she went to and the relationships she has built all over. And having been the first of all kinds of stuff from all her history uh, in, in, in government, uh, really supported that, 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 that really put the right energy and the youthfulness behind the 70s, the 70-something-year-old guy who is even older than Trump. So it was no longer a matter of which white guy that was in front, but it was much more of the energy that was complementing the older guy in front. And I think uh, the choice he made to pick Harry was pretty very complimentary. But that having been said, we've seen him make a couple of a couple of choices already as part of his government. We know America came out of the World Health Organization. America withdrew from the climate change situation. America was started pulled off from NAFTA and renegotiated with in, a, in a trade battle with China. So this is a whole lot of quagmire that's sitting right there on the desk for the next guy who's coming in to take over power. And uh, and he has made a couple of uh, a couple of choices already. He has nominated a chunk of his cabinet to, to help him uh, jumpstart the whole process. Uh, Bailey, what do you think, uh, based on what you've seen uh, uh, Biden appoint and his energy, his thinking, his, his thoughts in a, in a particular direction, what do you think, uh, what do you see, how do you see America come back to, to play the role he's been playing over the years? King Coco, I think we'll see America come back stronger and better than ever. And I base that on the uh, the diversity, a word that's used so much, but I believe the, the diversity and the reflection of uh, the Biden-Harris uh, administration is going to afford a voice uh, for all people. Um, I'll share a quick a quick um, uh, point of reference for me. Uh, as, a, as an African-American man, at the time, Black American is what we referred to ourselves, coming out of Virginia and coming into the heartland of America in Kansas. Uh, it was very apparent to me immediately, things were done totally different. Uh, nobody looked like me, nobody walked like me, nobody talked like me that I could see for miles. I think that as this administration comes into play, we have kind of the double entendre benefit because we have the benefit of uh, President Biden uh, having been in, in government and knowing the inner workings of government for uh, most of our lifetime, perhaps most of your listeners' lifetime. Now he brings in the fresh right. energy of Harris, who has a perspective uh, that is common to many of us. Uh, not only is that, will she have that perspective, but she's articulate. She's going to make sure uh, that she's just not a, a arm piece, that she's not a token vice president. And um, I think her voice uh, being to the ground, her ear being to the ground and her being able to listen and to hear uh, and then to articulate and be able to speak the language uh, of government, of officials around the world, I think she's going to learn. And it would not surprise me if in four years or less, 
Uh, she's not sitting in the top seat. And we're seeing America look more like the America that we've desired. We'll be, we've, we will definitely be reunited with the World Health Organization. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a no-brainer. We should never have left it. Um, the, uh, uh, all of the other, um, uh, for lack of a better word, platforms that, that you um, uh, mentioned before will be reunited with those nations because uh, America is still number one. Uh, regardless of whether it's leading from the front or leading from the back. We have, uh, here's a lesson, uh, King Coco, that I learned um, about this administration. Had we never had uh, President Donald Trump in office, we would have never known what could have been <laughs> because, of, uh, because of President Trump. We've learned that lesson now. Okay, and now that we've learned that lesson, it's one that the majority of us never want to see again. And so uh, um, we've seen the youth of America stand up. You know, uh, something as simple and as foolish as racism uh, shall perish. We will see that in our lifetime. I feel strong that we will see that in our lifetime because it's been a foolish, uh, self-made obstacle. And uh, we're all gonna, gonna realize the confidence to overcome that. And so I think the best is yet to come for America and all of the, uh, the, the nations uh, that we will align ourselves with as we move. So uh, I, I, I will keep a positive mindset. I think it's more than that. Uh, I'm not naive by no stretch of the imagination. But I think that uh, as, as we go forward, King Coco, as we start seeing America uh, lead, perhaps we'll see some of the best leadership that we've seen in our lifetime in the Biden-Harris administration and uh, uh, the appointments that they will make. Thank you, Bailey. You still listening to one of our King Coco show. Uh, Bailey, I just want to tap into the energy just dissipated because like okay. you really said, in, in a lifetime, we've seen what we probably never thought could happen in America. You know, we've seen a president that has redefined integrity. We've seen a president that has redefined uh, what 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 statesmanship is about. We've seen a president that has totally uh, redefined how to even run a government as an as an enterprise. We've seen a president that has pardoned people that would have never seen pardon for within any context. Now we've seen a global situation where other countries or other states or other level of governance or political office holders are now, are now refusing to accept results that were never before. And if we don't learn from this situation, the likelihood of it really hap happening again is very, very obvious. So what do you, I'm just saying, I'm putting this back to you, Mr. Bailey. Why, what do, does America need to put in place learning from this situation so it doesn't happen again? Uh, good people. I think the good people, uh, regardless of what the situation and the scenario, if you have bad people uh, being in charge, uh, being at the helm, running things rather from the front or back, uh, mm -hmm. then we're gonna, the results are going to be bad things. But I think the good people have realized that you can't just be good and be quiet. You have to speak up. You have to engage. You have to participate. 
And I think that's what we're going to see. More and more people have been enlightened and uh, 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 become aware of what was going on. And those people may have been people who have been comfortable enough in their own cubby holes, per se, to stand back and let, th and let things uh, just go as they go. But I think uh, some of the things that we've witnessed in the last four years, we never thought that we would actually see it come to the forefront. And now that we have, I think the, the greater effort is going to be to never realize that again in our lifetimes. Conversations are being held all around the globe that uh, that people never thought that they would have uh, they would hold. And uh, even to the to the um, point, King Coco, uh, agreeing to disagree. People are agreeing to disagree, even in a in a different shape, form, and fashion. And they are realizing that you know we can agree to disagree, but in the end, we got to head in the same same place, or, or we're going to implode per se. And nobody wants to right. be responsible for us imploding. And uh, I think that's the whoa. Thank you very much, Bradley. For us moving forward. Right, right. I totally agree. I agree. I agree with you on that. But I want to take from Okosi in, in right now because our show was designed to create a black collaborative platform, not just within the, the American society, but both wherever you have black folks in the continental USA, in the Caribbean, in the, in the motherland, Africa itself, because that's where the root of everything black is all embedded. And whatever happens in that continent, it has a direct impact with what happens all over the world with black folks. I still believe that if Africa and the leadership of Africa had repositioned itself after 400 years to make room for his children that came out here under any guise or any, any format or intention, today the world would not have been treating black folks the way it does treat black folks. So Chimokosi, what do you have to tell us black folks we are here with no longer black America. America is not colored. When they say colors, when they say colored, it's no longer me and you. It's because it has the people that are brown, pink, everybody now comes to share the American dream that was paved on the blood of black folks over the last 300 years. What do we as black folks need to do to, to reposition ourselves, interact with the continent of Africa as well, and establish an alternative home, alternative business climate for the community of black folks? What do we have to do, Kosi? Tell me. Uh, thank you so much, King Coco. And uh, I'm so glad that Chief Bailey has appeared in this particular show because he and his company, lines of companies, are so much aware of the power of networking. One phone call, restructure, incorporate, register, PPP loan, and you name it. So uh, it's going to be collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. I use, in my mantra, I used to mention that if two partners open up a business, if partner one does not make money, partner one may not want to continue on that partnership any longer. If partner number two does not make profit, partner number two may not have the willingness to continue and endure. Partnership entails that both partners or multiple partners become profitable in business venture. And you can see that in small business America, 
the African or minority or colored constituency is not well represented. It's almost less than 1%. I will give you an example. Here in the state of New York, Governor Cuomo, whose father was also a governor in this state, as we all know, made it into law that state agencies must award 6%, 6% of government contracts to minorities. The quota has never been met. The quota has never been met even up to 2%. What does that tell you? That tells you that we don't have enough black businesses that would be able to meet the 6% quota step by step before we can go to fight about 30%. So when I started collaborating with Chief Bailey, I was telling Chief Bailey, I don't want to see you go and lift a placard Black Lives Matter yet, because when you do that, you are going to be brought into a table. And when you are brought into a table, the ticket to sitting on that table is owning your own company. Incorporate, incorporate, incorporate. For one year, King Coco, you know that I have offered free in, a free consultation for uh, African Americans and minorities who are willing to incorporate and on the pathway to become a federal contractor. Let's just say that 10 companies register and only one wins a job. That one job can now be a lifeline to the nine others in partnership. Let's just imagine that 10 companies had incorporated. Those 10 companies would have had at least $20,000 in PPP, $200,000 down payment for a new business. So we, we, we talk about these things in a very frantic way here in the platform. And sometimes uh, you got to walk the walk, uh, as they say. So uh, uh, once upon a time, I was thinking that African countries has to be straightened in order for blacks in diaspora to be lifted. But now I'm thinking that maybe we here in diaspora needs to be strong in order to lift the black African continent up because the leadership there is just awful. You could see some of these presidents in these countries auctioning out our land to China, auctioning out infrastructure to foreign countries, almost the second or the third wave of slavery right at home. I wonder how a president of a country would have the audacity to feel that a piece of real estate in their homeland needs to be auctioned for a short-term loan. So we are in a dying need of, again, speaking out, good education, good vision, and love of country, maybe love of continent. Thank you, thank you. Uh, you're still listening to One on One with King Coco Show, uh, running on T25CL.com, uh, Galaxy Talk Radio. Uh, this is a collaboration that was created to bring people of African descent from wherever they are globally to start talking together, to start interacting together, to start reasoning together, to build a whole new society, a whole new mentality for Black support and Black emancipation. So I uh, thank you everybody for being part of this show. And as we go ahead, I, I want to bring in uh, something that uh, happened in Nigeria. I just came back from Nigeria few, uh, three, four days ago. Uh, I was in Nigeria when the NSAS 
uh, riot protest started. It wasn't a protest initially. It was just a peaceful demonstration by a younger generation that was actually speaking up against a similar situation that happened in America. The total brutalization of, of humanity by police, which is, uh, I don't know how we arrive at the situation where we give people authority, give people guns, and the thunder God, those guns are against us as a people. So it was a purely a, a peaceful uh, demand and demonstration initially until some crazy guy decided to throw a few military men on the street that started shooting and Nigeria went up in flames. And we can see how far that happened. It's not just happened in terms of societal demonstration. It took a different dimension at a point uh, where individual politicians, uh, properties and homes were directly looted or burned down to the point of even removing a window protectors, window frames. Obviously, we're not going to do nothing with it, but just destroy uh, those properties because of the anger towards the political class. And uh, I think that situation itself was a demand for a change. But uh, I know that the Nigerian government being, uh, being smart in terms of being stupid, play games with that situation. Because I say, if they don't do something cogently in the proper direction to change the dynamic and provide hope for the young generation, then the next wave of answers is going to end the entire system, going to end that country if nothing's done. Because I think what really happened there was demand for change. It was not really just about the police. It was about the leadership. It was about the hopelessness. It was about the lack of plan, futuristic plan for the younger generation. And they came out in a way that I never even thought would happen because I thought we've been so docile as a people for so long. And I blame my own generation because what those children did is what my generation would have done. Nigeria would have been way back on a trail to full development and representation as you be. But for some strange reason, we were complacent in my generation. So when these generations picked up their, their guts and decided to do what they did, I was really excited and fully in support. But what where I felt very, very disappointed was with the political class. Because at the end of the day, like Riley said, when you demonstrate, when you protest, you have to come to the table. And when you come to the table, what happens? It must be either a political or an economic situation. And you must be armed with the right tool to be able to be heard or to walk away from the table with anything. So those kids paid the supreme price, sacrificed all that energy. And the political class that was now supposed to take off from where they started, sat back for reasons I can tell you right here, purely personal and selfish because everybody feels it's my turn to now benefit. I've spent all my money to campaign. It's time for me to benefit. I'm not going to look at that. I'm going to try and be part of the, the leadership. You see, the leadership and the failure of the leadership is, it, is a collective situation. You, you cannot finger any sector in, in isolation. It's not totally one tribe. It's not totally one ethnic group. It's an entire leadership class that I just found out. At the end of the day, nobody's really secure. So the NSAS movement brought an opportunity that would have transformed that country by the political players going to the Senate or going to the Federal House of Congress. Okay, listen, 
this is a situation that we have. We all know our problem because Nigeria's problem is not hidden. Everybody, all we all know. In fact, talking about a problem is something I don't like to even mention because even the kid on the street know our problem is our willingness now to sit to the table and say, okay, let us address the fundamental that we all know is a flawed relationship. The contract was not drawn with everybody's interest on the table, just like we have in America, apparently. I'm sorry, because this is what's happening in Nigeria, which is a pure black-to-black -black situation. It's not actually a black-to-white situation like it's happening here. So I saw that situation, and I started screaming, we need a political solution. Otherwise, this energy, this waste, this destruction will all be a wasted effort. But thank God today, different sectors of Nigeria gradually understand the fact that at the end of the day, we cannot continue like this. Everybody's sick and tired. The rich, the poor, the political class, everybody's sick. Even those with money know that you are not secure with your money anymore. At the end of the day, something has to be done. So, and I still believe that the cream de la cream of the black diaspora has a major role to play. Bellies. What can we do in the continent of Africa to encourage our brothers that has been out here, has learned a whole lot, have made a lot of wealth for themselves? How, what does the continent need to do to position itself so that our brothers and sisters can come back home and have uplift and turn around that place? And I want to because you are coming from a whole different perspective. So that I could take this home to say, okay, we can have a good opportunity to have our brothers in diaspora be part of our development process because that is the hope of that continent. Uh, thank you, King Coco. Uh, respectfully, in my opinion, uh, we have to go right back to the same thing I said initially, not not be doing the same thing that, that our current president do, looking out for self and uh and self-interest uh rather directly or indirectly uh some of the sharpest and brightest minds in the world come out of nigeria uh that is a fact and so as those bright minds uh have learned from the mistakes of america and germany and china uh they will return home uh to uh, to the homeland of nigeria to africa and demonstrate that it's not about what that individual can obtain for themselves, but what they can do for their greater good of their uh, homeland. And I think that will prevail, King Coco, uh, of the of the friendships that I have been able to uh, attain uh, of brothers and sisters from Nigeria. Uh, all of the person are talking about the greater good of Nigeria, and uh, people are listening. You know, they're wanting to partner. I'm I'm wanting to partner. I'm wanting to learn more. I'm wanting to get engaged and involved. And I think, again, the people who have been able to stand aside and say, hey, that's not my problem, uh, now it has become their problem, uh, rather directly or indirectly. And seeing the young people in Black Lives Matter or in the movements in Nigeria, that's energizing to a lot of us, okay? And so that gives us hope. And so wherein, when even hope may seem but futile and but troubles you're beset, 
uh, we got to remember we're facing what other men have already met. And so it's not something that's foreign to us now. It's something that we know that we can overcome and we're not bound to repeat the same thing because we are learning the history based on programs like what you're, uh, uh, the platform you're utilizing to get information out. People, people are learning and people are realizing I can't stand aside. I got to be the one. I can't count on the next person to be the one to make the difference. I got to get involved. I got to get engaged. And if I can uh, kind of go back to one other thing, um, uh, business ownership, you know, uh, when we talk about becoming a federal entity, for a lot of people, they may think that, oh, my gosh, I got to have a lot of money. I got to have a lot of resources. I got to have a lot of poor. That's not true. Uh, for most of us uh, within our within our own states, uh, here, and I'm talking about back here to the United States now, uh, to your listeners, you can go to your secretary of state and you can become a registered entity. It's total, totally free other than the time that you invest. It is a tedious process. That process is tedious by design to weed out those who are going to be weak or who are not going to want to endure the journey. But if, if you go through that process and you get to the table, the greatest way to have a voice is to have your own business, own your own business. Uh, you can become an LLC for about $150 on average, you know, $150. Uh, there's a lot of people that even if you don't, if, if you can't afford to do that yourself, I'm confident that we can collaborate with others and we can form an entity and have that voice. And then when we come back to you question about what can our brothers and sisters do in Nigeria. Now, when people are, are starting to start up businesses uh, to maybe provide food, uh, to provide uh, something similar to Uber, uh, to do things that perhaps our brothers and sisters in Nigeria never thought that they could do as those opportunities start to present themselves. Now, those young brothers and sisters with those bright minds and a lot of energy, uh, they're going to know that, hey, I can get on board I can be a voice. I can be that uh, that face of impact in my own home country, and they're not going to be doing it from a selfish perspective, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, man. You guys are listening to One on One with King Coco Show. We'll be running on T25CL.com, Galaxy Talk Radio. Uh, Prof, thank you very much again. On, your, on the flip side of the same question, what do we, will you tell an African-American brother of ours, or a black guy in Jamaica, or in Trinidad and Tobago, what will you tell him to make him want to explore Nigeria as a Nigerian? Uh, I, I, would, I would emphasize that they need to record success where they are for. You've got to be able to earn and borrow from this economy. If you can pull out a million dollars or maybe quarter of a million dollars from a small business here, you can um, order some type of raw material from an African country. You can order a mask, one million mask, two million mask, which of course you know is tax-free because it's fabric. I throw the Agua uh, understanding, African fabrics coming into the U.S. You can explore Nexim opportunities, supplying those resources to the benefit of that host African nation. Of course, some African nations do have constraint of a 5149 
minimum partnership uh, for local content. So those are things that we explore. If you are not already a businessman where you are, it's very difficult for you to be able to uh, impact business uh, 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 concerns in an African country. It's a very um, rough terrain, as you know. The laws are not very strict. The operations are not bright free. Sometimes you have to uh, utilize agents to maneuver and navigate the terrain there uh, and the laws and the rules. So I would say, learn to swim first, become proficient in swimming. Then you can swim in the Atlantic. Be strong first where you are. Open up a business, make profit. Let me come and visit your factory or your production line. And then I can take you uh, to a tour in Africa. Thank you, my brother. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, Prof, I think uh, you are very much on point because uh, you must understand your own local economy, how business operate, how business are developed and established before you think of uh, doing the same in a whole different climate. And not just that, we totally agree that opportunities are here are very different from opportunities there and but, but the money you can actually develop here because we don't want tourists anymore in africa you want investors you want people who are, can be stakeholders in africa it's good to go touring when you're making money so you can keep going back and forth because but where you gonna get money to keep becoming a tourist so africa is crying for his brothers for his children to come home but uh we were here we paid our dues out here we have to go back home stronger with something to support the development of Africa because of the exploitation of 400 years. So thank you guys very much. You still don't want to work in Coco Show. I want to round this up by saying that uh, we know that the world has changed. The world has changed in so many ways. And the change uh, is equally providing opportunities of diverse uh, level in terms of what what you do how you learn what you what you learn what kind of training do we need where what kind of investment opportunities should we look at that is now yielding the maximum returns uh how how what are the prospects of now uh, looking into into the change that came with this pandemic situation because at the end of the day uh, uh there was the era of first industrial revolution there was second that was the era of the steam engine we had the second industrial revolution we came the merchandising and commercialization of production and then came the third industrial revolution which was the era of internet and computers but today we're in the fourth industrial revolution a digital era where we're talking about metrics multiple integration of systems ecosystems that brings all kinds of multiple value streams so what does this tell us what kind of uh, new dimension in terms of job opportunities are being are being uh, are being required what skill set does the world need today it is very important we take this home because we have a generation that grew on the internet we have a generation that grew digitally uh, but does not understand the fact that how we do and how we live has changed and this calls for a whole new skill set, a whole new retooking of our, of our course curriculum in schools to be able to prepare a whole new generation of workforce that will be competitive globally. So this brings us to a whole new dimension. And the good thing is that 
just going back to your earlier mention of the word reset the world has been on reset is a whole new jump starting from the starting block that we are now but you must be armed with the knowledge and information of what the reset is about or what is it for and where it's going to be able to know that you need to prioritize where you put your energy the world will never be the same again we are aware that over 50 percent of jobs 50% of companies that have gone down or closed for pandemic will never open their doors again. What does this mean? Uh, Okosi, I want to bring this to you. Just take us home on your last rebuttal. The world has changed forever. What are the opportunities that come with this change? Digital opportunities, virtual opportunities in learning, in purchasing, and in delivery. If, again, I would like to add one keyword mass movement mass mobilization if you can move a product in mass from wherever they are produced you don't need to be the producer to wherever they are going to be consumed you don't need to be the consumer you are on the point in 2021 as i have mentioned amazon walmart uh uber eats Gruhak, you can name it, the on and on and on. These are the direction of virtual link economy. Order by phone, by app, get it delivered today, same day, next day, or next few days. So coalitions need to think of, I don't want to be the producer, I may not want to be the consumer, but indeed I want to be involved in the transvental movement of this product from one point to another logistics 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 whether it is in writing the app or in launching the website or in facilitating the backroom uh structure to guarantee a delivery you are going to be on the point i will give you one example back in nigeria if you can deliver one hundred thousand boxes of uh vegetables from the hinterlands to you a hundred thousand bucks every day you can be sure that you are causing a lot of mass uh mass sales at that location whether it's physical or not so that is purely logistics but you could also do that delivery to individuals homes across the your metropolis or calabar metropolis or state headquarters all across as long as you are counting them in 10,000 today, 100,000 tomorrow, you are going to be the one factor that the producers will need to be able to reach the consumer. So even in Africa, it is feasible. We are seeing that here now. Uh, I, I shop at Cleveland African, Cleveland African Foods two weeks ago. I spent $250 to buy a lot of items online. Three days after, I was refunded because they couldn't deliver. They do have the product, but they couldn't deliver. So they have not been able to figure out how to deliver. I called them up and say, hey, can you book me for a million dollars? I will work with you for the next one year until you can deliver 100% of the goods you order. Of course, they're small businesses, so they couldn't sign me up. So you can use your knowledge as a nuclear scientist or as a mathematician or as a statistician to help companies deliver their commitments. 
those are the opportunities we see short term and it is going to be even more long term because this pandemic has revealed entirely a different ball game when it comes to economy when it comes to learning when it comes to the digital structure of our own undertaking thank you uh bailey want to take a last shot of that yes sir uh king coco i think is it is a lot more simple than one might uh believe it to be uh from the reset we have a totally different way uh of doing things going forward that we have that we will be able to for example you um, asked the question earlier about how do we get our Nigerian brothers and sisters to return home with the knowledge. Well, they don't have to do that directly. They can do that indirectly via technology now. And so the opportunity to do the same collaboration that I've alluded to uh, every time that I've spoken is there because of the technology, whether it's via radio, whether it's via Zoom call, whether it's a Skype, uh, the opportunity to collaborate um, means that I don't have to have all the answers. I can rely on one of my brothers or sisters or someone who may be all the way across the country to to help me. Uh, um, I know I, I learned one of the greatest lessons as fire chief. I had heard it for years and years. And that was um, when if you ever get into a position of leadership, surround yourself with good people and then the key, get out of their way. So as, as, as our brothers and sisters in Nigeria have all the energy and the uh, opportunity and the, the, the uh, assets to do great things, I, I would ask that they imagine collaborating and then actually engage in collaborating with at least one more person and that person collaborate with one more person and watch what happens. I can't, I can't help but believe the results will be greater than we could ever phantom, okay? Uh, I know Mr. Kosa, I've called him uh, hundreds of times. Not once has he declined my call. I know uh, if I was to attempt to call on you, I don't believe that if, if you could take my call, you wouldn't, or that you wouldn't be returning a call back to me uh, at your earliest convenience. The same is true for myself. And I thank the opportunity for your listeners uh, to take advantage of such resources is there. And if we don't have the answers, we can get the answers back to them in short order. And I think that that is the, 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 the whole reset in a nutshell that we haven't been doing before because all of us have been thinking, I gotta know it all, I gotta have it all, I gotta have all the answers if I'm gonna be able to, to be a success. I, uh, I just want to add, yeah, I want to add very quickly there that the financial resources is one factor, but the human resources is a crucial factor. I tell you, totally agreed, man. I don't know where you guys, you guys are probably ahead of the pack because I, I will, I am what they call an agile transformation coach, and uh, what our job is to continuously evaluate the value stream and see how you can be impact a process exponentially by taking a point. And so that brings me to the whole idea of, of, of resources being more important and giving people opportunity and getting out of their way, like you said, Bailey. Because uh, micromanaging is one of the worst things in any society, in any organization. You must be able to have a team and trust them to do the job if you give them the tools. 
to do the job. That's what the mindset that today workplace requires. And that's the knowledge that Africa itself, leadership at all levels need to understand because without this mentality, you cannot be adaptive. And today, survive, survivability is all about adaptability, which brings us to the fact that you must be able to set up an organization that could run with or without you. You don't have to permanently be standing above people's shoulder to get things done. Collaboration, like Randy said, is an ultimate thing to do. And when you collaborate, you communicate. A whole lot of organizations don't have a defined, proper defined communication dynamics that helps everybody see the same picture. And where the manager sits in one office and, and just those are instructions, you make it hard for people to bring their best to the table. So that having been said, I thank you guys for being part of this discussion. I think I totally enjoyed, appreciated your contributions as well. Uh, but we need to do this more often. We need to bring more people to the table so that they could benefit from this knowledge. And but, but my black folks, who are followers and listeners all over the world, it's important you see collaboration. You don't have to have it all. You can know everything. We live in a whole different time. The world has changed and is continuously changing. So I thank you guys very much for being part of this show. And we have this recorded on TalkShow to be downloaded and listened to at all times. We have a one-on-one Kikoko mm -hmm. YouTube channel for people to go there and listen to our all previous shows. We're permanently trying to see how you can improve black collaboration among themselves. And I hope that uh, the little we do will add to drop, uh, add a drop to the ocean to keep it flowing. So thank you very much. I appreciate your time today. I look forward to having you guys any other time. I'll keep sharing the invitation to everybody. The way we have time, share and contribute. I thank you guys once again. Bailey, I appreciate you from Kansas. Uh, Prof. From Boston, thank you very much. Uh, your, your, your contributions are invaluable. Nobody can actually uh, measure what it brings to the table. And uh, on behalf of one on one King Coco Show, uh, we're going to draw the curtain at this point. We're exactly on point for an hour, 30 minutes of the show. It looks like we can still go another one hour, but, but we can do that. Next Sunday, same time, 5 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. West African GMT time. Let's do it again. We'll keep doing this till we get everybody on point and the knowledge is out there for black folk to get up and take the rightful place. Thank you and have a wonderful evening. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.